Jesus loves you! Woo! Let's go, baby! Yeah! Jaguars free agency going good. Goodness gracious, we signed lots of star power the other day. Uh, got Christian Kirk, got some defensive players. Got a few wide receivers all set up for Trevor Lawrence. Man, I'm super excited for this awesome offseason. And, and, and as a Jaguars fan, I have to be because uh, come this time about uh, September, I'm going to be like, man, uh, oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, my name is John Hutton. I would just like to thank you and welcome you to our Righteous Rebuild podcast, a podcast where restoration takes place. Um, we haven't been here the last few weeks, mainly because we caught a cold. <laughs> and for me, whenever I catch a cold, I'm out for at least five to seven to ten days. And so um, I just decided that it would be best for me to catch up a little bit later. But my name is John Hutton, and alongside me is my wonderfully and beautifully and very nice-looking-ly made wife Madison how you doing girl hi everybody I'm doing good cool 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 you're about to be 24 weeks pregnant yeah. um we're getting on it's funny we're just getting all these uh plans going for baby showers and trying to find the right venue and you know it's just so hard it's been hectic but uh it's good it's good well today we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into it we're gonna be talking about a subject which is a few weeks old and our plan was to talk about this uh, three weeks ago but again with this uh, cold that we got uh, we weren't able to do that and so um, let's just go ahead and jump into it um, what are we discussing today Today we're going to be talking about the biblical perspective of the Russian and the Ukraine crisis well and ultimately this is actually a sad situation that's going on over there because uh, the Ukrainians are pretty much being invaded, of course, against their will. That's what an invasion <laughs> is. But, but it, it's really especially sad because it seems to be an act of genocide. And really, the world's not doing crap to, to help them, you know. Um, and so I thought it would be important for us to talk about it this week because it is going on in the world and it's relevant to us today. And so I just wanted to share what the biblical perspective was essentially just to catch you up about what's happening is putin's russians leader ordered his military to surround parts of ukraine which looked to be part of an attempt to intimidate ukraine from joining nato which is an alliance which keeps countries and leaders accountable for their actions on an international level ukraine was not concerned about russians threat so he opted to join nato which resulted in Russia invading Ukraine, and now we see it's not looking great for Ukraine because Russia has an extremely large army. Well, and I must say, too, I, I think it's really cool that Ukraine has really stepped up to the plate. These people here, they're like, man, bring it on. I don't care if you come into my country. I am not going to run. I am going to stay here and fight for what really belongs to me. And I, I look at that act of patriotism, and I'm like, man, that is something to really admire because... Uh, we do not have that in America anymore. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've got a bunch of uh, people who are scared to uh, not only defend their country, but they're also scared to defend their 
their their homes. They're scared to defend their faith. They're scared yeah, to, def- to say their beliefs. Yeah, it's it's really sad because it's like we we what has caused us to be such a scared nation, such a scared culture, such a scared group of people. And I'm looking over at these Ukrainians, and they're like, there's people who are, I mean. I wish the response would be different, but but there's sailors who, uh, Russian sailors who invade an island, and the last thing that the Ukrainians say is derogatory tor- terms towards them, you know, and then uh, you see that all throughout the place. P- people uh, with the sun, the story of the sunflower seeds, where the Ukrainian lady goes up to a Russian soldier, hands him sunflower seeds, and says, "Here's some sunflower seeds. Uh, I hope that they grow in the soil when you die." and get killed on Ukrainian soil. And it's like, man, that's sad because these people, there's a very good chance that they don't know Jesus and that when they die, they go to hell. But it's also inspiring to look at because as a country, Ukraine is invaded and they're surrounded, but they're not giving up. And what if we as Christians had that same mentality, right? Uh, Now, I do think it's important to understand that nothing Putin is doing is good or acceptable but, you know, Ukraine's not perfect either, and, and none of us are. Nevertheless, the acts that Putin has done are really genocide, and it's just a sign of his bullying uh, his way into a war that shouldn't really be happening right now. Yes, yeah, so this has all led to the war that we're seeing now, and it's really sad. The Bible has a lot to say about this. The first verse that everyone seems to be mentioning is... Well, it's actually found in Matthew uh where it's Matthew chapter, let me see actually, Matthew 24, I believe. Yeah, Matthew 24, verses 6 through 7, where it says, you will hear of wars. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll hear of rumors of wars, but to see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Verse 7, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And, and really, ultimately, whenever you look at uh, this chapter, this is a chapter that describes what is going to be happening in the end of times. And so a lot of people, they, they every time a war is about to break out, I remember, uh, well, I don't remember World War One or Two. It's <laughs> not even thought of. Um, but during those times, people thought, well, this is the end of the world, especially in World War Two, where Israel became a nation as a result of, uh, of of the UN in 1948, declaring them as, as you know their own nation, and literally what I think is beautiful, and this is a touch off topic, but I think it's really beautiful that the 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 very day that Israel becomes declared a nation on its own individual sovereignty, four nations attack Israel f- from all sides, and yet. Israel on their first day of inception they haven't even had time to to come up with a military they haven't had time to even move into house. you know nobody moves into a house in a day you know um, even though there are people who already live there but still nevertheless they hadn't had any time for defense or for plans or for alliances or anything like that and yet in the first day four countries attacked Israel and yet they stood firm and won the battle and, and in this battle there's actually been rumors from from People from the other side who said that they saw people standing 12, 15, 20 feet high uh, and they just ran away because what they saw were angels. And ultimately, God was defending and protecting the Israelites. And so when people, you know, saw that Israel became their own nation, they think of the Bible verse where 
Jesus says, Surely I say to you that this generation shall not pass. And he's talking about the second coming of him, and he's saying that I'm going to come back, and this generation shall not pass before I come back. And a lot of people in the early church believed that to be uh, the generation in whom he was talking to. But it's, it's really, and this is what I believe, I could be wrong, but this is what I believe, really what I feel like he was talking about was the generation of Israel becoming a nation. And so when it comes to end times, a lot of people uh, like to think, well, Israel became a nation, therefore we are very close to the end of the world. And that was in 1948. How many generations has it been since that's happened? Well, 1948 was uh, 60, 70 years ago, and we're, really we're about 74 years uh, from, that, from that happening when Israel became a nation. In Israel, in, in biblical things, there's different generations. There's a 10-year generation, 20, there's 50, uh, 70, and 100, and it goes all the way up to 150-year generations. And so um, maybe perhaps Jesus could come back in our lifetime. Um, nevertheless, though, a lot of people, they, they're hearing about this Russian-Ukrainian war, and they're, they're saying that possibly it's the beginning of the end, essentially. And the reason why they say that is because it very so much seems like... World War Three is about to happen. You know, people thought that the when uh, President Trump went to what was it, North Korea? Yeah, I feel like World War Three has been been um, not like joked about, but joked about as in it's it's right around the corner for lots of different well, world events. We're all we're all like we all get freaked out and we panic and we're saying, oh my goodness, this is going to cause World War Three. And honestly, Putin, the way he's setting up his armies and his tanks, like, who lines up a 40-mile convoy of tanks? Like, what type of military strategy is that? It seems like he's almost inviting people to strike his tanks, you know? Uh, it's almost like he's trying to push his way into a world war because he knows that his country is very powerful. And there's something about people who have that personality type, whether it's type A or narcissism or whatever it may be, uh, that he really, that, that really they, they think that they control everything. The same thing happened with Hitler. I mean, he, he wanted to control the world. Um, there's an old song, everybody wants to rule the world. I can't get that low, but, you know. um, but yeah, so Matthew 24 says that you'll hear the wars and the rumor of wars and, and but don't be alarmed. And that's what I look at. That's where my confidence is. Is Yes, there's going to be these things that might happen. Earthquakes are happening, and Jesus continues on later on in the chapter and says, kids are not going to obey their, their, their elders, their parents. We see that now more than ever, and I believe it's because parents don't believe in uh, spanking. And not even <laughs> just spanking, but just discipline. You don't have to spank to discipline, you know. Um, but parents don't discipline their kids. They just let them do whatever they want and talk however they want and act however they want. And, and really, it's setting them up for failure. Well, especially now, like, <clears throat> everyone now is is not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings. And so no one has their own voice anymore. And everyone gets upset about every little thing. And it just, how, how can you form relation and how can you learn how to work with others and if you're always stepping on people's toes well and that's the thing too is is like i think it's a beautiful thing I, i've always tell told my employers i've always told everybody 
I am great at receiving criticism. Just tell me with grace and tell me with love. And, and then I'll do my best to work on it. A lot of people don't have that same attitude. They don't have that, that same feeling uh, towards the way people criticize them constructively. And the reason why is because people often don't constructively criticize. They just criticize. They judge. They're judgmental. And that's the problem that we see within the, within the church. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing that, that as a church we look at, hmm, maybe we shouldn't judge other people. Maybe we shouldn't tell other people the truth. And I understand that to an extent. But there's a fine line between not judging and, t- and, and loving people. You know, as we were talking about, like, spare the rod, hate the child, uh, that's the same thing. If you're not telling other people the truth about the gospel, let me be real with you. The gospel offends, right? If I'm a preacher and I haven't offended you, maybe I'm doing my job wrong. And if you're a Christian and you haven't been offended, maybe you're doing your job as a Christian wrong because you're not, one, reading, two, you're not talking to God. God is always going to convict us. And it's our job, it's our duty, it's our diligence to always examine ourselves daily, as we're reminded in the Bible, to to daily examine ourselves so that we could get better and righteously rebuilt into into the perfect glory of God, right? And so... um we see this, though, now more than ever, that, that, that weather is starting to become bad, that earthquakes are becoming more, there's tsunamis, kids are disobeying their parents, there's wars, there's rumor of wars. Uh, people are always talking about uh, the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, like uh, that these end days are going to be worse than that of, of, of the days of Noah. And what, essentially what happened in the days of Noah is there was pretty much the same thing. You know, I was talking to my friend from work the other day, and sorry for talking a lot, it's just all these things keep jumping in my mind. Uh, But I was talking to my friend from work the other day, and we were talking about how we're cyclical human beings, you know? And I look at it, and it's like, so true. We are the same exact today as we were 100 years ago. Just think about it. 100 years ago, today we're dealing with Today we're dealing with what's known as the COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus. A <laughs> hundred years ago, what were we dealing with? The Spanish flu, right? A hundred years in 1920 and 1919, Spanish flu. In 2019, 2020, coronavirus, and it's a big epidemic. And it's just so weird how cyclical we are. And, and world war and all that. And, but even so, to go further, back in the days where the days of Noah, right before God put his judgment on earth, they were committing sins, and the sins that they were committing weren't cussing. It wasn't just, you know, lusting or cussing. It was bad sin. It was sexual sin, sin of lust, sin of sexual immorality, sin of homosexuality, sin of bestiality, sin of pedophilia. And ultimately, when I say that we're cyclical human beings, here's how it always happens. The, the fall of every pagan nation always begins with a sexual revolution, right? You look at Pompeii. Pompeii was a, was a very good city. It was flourishing. It was blessed by God. They, they gave God the credit. They gave God the glory. And then they started partaking in orgies and homosexuality and bestiality and all these pagan worship. And what ends up happening is, is they fall as a nation. Uh, Mount Vesuvius erupts upon them, and now they're ashes right and we go and look at them and remember them 
what, what if I were to say that America is going in the same direction? And <laughs> uh, some people might say that Mount St. Helen, is it? Uh, well, I know the, that the yellow, the, there's one in Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. I forget the name of it, though. Well, and, and you know, I'm not here to make conspiracies, but it's, it is kind of interesting to think about. But anyways, the sexual revolution in America started in, I think, like the 70s or something where uh, we want to promote peace, not war. Again, mm -hmm. we're going through war. We want to pr promote peace, which is a great thing. We don't want to offend other people. We want to show other people love, as you mentioned earlier. We want to be there for people. We want to be a crying shoulder. But people should also know that we, we truly don't love them if we're not telling them the truth. And yes, we can tell somebody the truth. If I have the sin of anger, you're not going to say, you're an angry person. How dare you? That's judgmental. You're going to say, hey, John, I understand that you've, you know... I see that you've been kind of responding to things out of anger lately, and I understand completely why. Like, I, I have my own sins, so I'm not judging you, but, like, is there any way that I could help you? Is there any way that I could be there for you? And that means the world to people compared to just the judgmental seat of Christians. And this is why people run away from Christians. What if Christians turned around and became loving, like Jesus, right? But anyways, we see that we see that the, the, peace, the peace, you know, let's, let's start peace, let's not have war, we're uh, about to go through a cold war, and we don't, wanna, uh, we don't want any nukes from Russia or the Soviet at that time. And so what ends up happening is, is you start seeing pictures of bikinis, and you start seeing people sexualized all over media, and then it becomes more and more where, where sex is fun, and, and love is fun, and love everybody, and, 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 and it's a, it seems like a great thing until it becomes more and more progressive, where we're every, you can't go into a store without looking at a magazine with a girl half naked on it. And not to be insensitive, but girls wonder why guys look at them that way, you know? And the same thing for guys. Why, why, why as a guy, are you looking at a woman that way when it is within the covenant promise of God that we not, right? And so then that leads on to um, more love, where if a guy wants to love a guy or a girl wants to love a girl, it doesn't seem like a big deal, and it really doesn't. I could care less if another guy loves another guy. It doesn't really affect me, you know? Um, but then what that ends up turning to is love is love. It's just stepping stones that make it more and more uh, acceptable. Nor normal, acceptable, yep. And, and the reason why Christians have such a hard time with homosexuality is because they, and I think that it shouldn't start at homosexuality. I think it should start at lust, right? Because mm -hmm. lust is the beginning. Of, yep. of this deadly sin, sin chain, right? It starts with lust, then it goes to homosexuality, then it goes to pedophilia, then it goes to bestiality, where people are marrying their horses, they're marrying their dogs. Well, now it's gone a little too far. It's okay for a man to love a woman, and biblically, it's not okay for a man to love a man or a woman to love a woman, but that doesn't seem like it does any harm until... We sexualize men and women till we sexualize man and man, so till we sexualize man and kid, and then we sexualize man and animal. Like I, that's why you don't sexualize anything, and you keep that covenant between you and God. Well, these are all signs of the end times, and a lot of people are looking at the Russian-Ukraine crisis, and they're like, "This is the end of the war, like world, like we're going to be going into World War Three. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that World War Three is. The re is the end of the world. 
but a lot of people think that they assume that and so i was looking for it i was researching and i didn't see anywhere in the bible what i did see was this verse you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but not to be alarmed and so what does this mean well ultimately we know that there's a final war and that's the battle of armageddon but that doesn't necessarily mean it's world war three so in all this i believe that there is hope for us and what is that hope well that hope is found in the 21st chapter of psalm verse 11 where it says though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes they cannot succeed and so what is this trying to tell us ultimately it's saying that the evil plans of the wicked will not succeed why because god is in control the evil plans of russia will not succeed and i'm not saying that evil doesn't happen hitler did kill six million jews that seems pretty successful guess what god had the final answer nothing on this earth happens without god allowing it to happen which means god is in control some might ask the question well why would god allow well i would answer that question by saying well who are we to say why is it our place to say God should allow something or he shouldn't allow something? He's God and we're not. And there's a reason he's God and there's a reason we're not. And so I want to just leave you guys today with this verse. Though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. So what does that mean for us? It means that regardless of the evil, regardless of the obstacles that we have in our lives, we can be successful and reign supreme as long as we have Christ in our hearts. And from that, we will see our lives rebuilt and reconstructed in a manner that <clears throat> brings us closer to God. Thank you for joining us on our Righteous Rebuild podcast, a podcast where restoration takes place. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify page. Again, remember, Jesus